Coffee, Eggs and Inspiration. It's a weekly show that goes out over YouTube and as a podcast on SoundCloud. And each week I get to sit down with an incredibly inspiring person. Uh, this week is no different. I'm here with uh, Ryan Taylor, YouTuber, professional BMXer, uh, and uh, somebody who's uh, super supportive of some of the social uh, issues that we're working through in the UK at the moment. I'll give a bit of a bio because uh, Ryan's uh, probably too humble to, to do it himself. So 1.8 million subscribers on YouTube, 66 million views. Uh, he rides his bike around. He's an incredibly uh, able athlete uh, on the bike. Uh, was number three in the world for BMX. Um, does this for a living. Was selected in the GB uh, team for the Olympics in 2020. Chose not to follow that route, uh, but was uh, you know at that standard. He's got his own uh, bike brand, which we'll talk about uh, during the interview. Collective Bikes, as well as his own apparel line called Surti. Right. <laughs> uh, the movement is real, <laughs> and um, is uh, is an active campaigner against uh, knife crime. So really, uh, really important social issue. So welcome, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. Uh, that's a big introduction, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's early in the morning, so we you know it is. give you a chance to drink your coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. But, um, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. My pleasure. It's, uh, it's weird. I feel like we've known each other for a while already. Like do you? just from meeting recently, you know. It's yeah. like it's cool. It was just last week, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Literally. And then obviously history going the bikes and stuff, and start to get you on the bike. I wish I could have bought you bike here today, but it's actually freezing. I want to speak about how cold it is. Go on. Riding here this morning was cold. And the summer's gone. It's all over. Summer has gone. I came out of my shorts and my t-shirt and I was freezing. It's nice weather though. I definitely should have drove, but it is. It looks, no, it's sunny and that's what made me come out in shorts and t-shirt, but I was cold, so. Well, most healthy start to the day. Yes. Well, I tell you, you're really uh, tugging on my heartstrings because many years ago, um, BMX was, um, was something that I did. It was a different time, a different era, uh, perhaps. And, uh, you know, I have really, really fond memories. Um, Let's talk about where it all began for you. You grew up in Birmingham? Yeah, so I'm from Warsaw, um, just outside of Birmingham. And it's a place where I feel like a lot of people don't hear of. Actually, um, recently, Georgia Smith, she's actually from Warsaw as well. And um, so there's maybe only two people that have actually made it successfully yeah. as a Warsaw, I'd say. Um, but yeah, small place. and. I'm, I'm back there all the time, seeing my family, seeing my mum and dad, you know, I speak to them every day on the phone and stuff, but it's a little bit away from London, but it's, it's a cool place and it definitely shaped me and made me the way that I am today, so. Talk to me about that, what did you, you went to school there, you obviously got into the sport there. Yeah, we've um, been in, in a place like Walsall, it's, you're surrounded by a lot, of, a lot of bad stuff and, you know, a typical story from a bad area or whatever, but Walsall really is deprived of a lot of um, a lot of activations for the kids, things to do, and it's almost like a, well, even now coming where I am now in London and seeing how Walsall is now and really been able to reflect on what it's like, it's kind of like a cast off, you know, it's like it's just, it's there and it's just one of those places that just operates by itself and it's corners cool and leave it to its operations and it's there, but like really when I was, when I was growing up it was, I, I got into a bike, I stole my first bike and that's how I got into it. Um, a skate park we built at the same time, and this this skate park it 
it was a place where we would go and look at the guys that are there and, and they're on their expensive bikes and they're, they're doing the thing and it was, it, I feel like when I, when I got there with the people that I was with, it was a different approach that I had to the skate park than what the people I was with had the approach of and nobody really looked at it the way I did and the way I looked at it was like, well, that's cool, I want to be, be a part of that, that looks way better than what I'm doing now, you know right. what I mean? So I really, I really grabbed onto what the people have put in place with the skate park and with the, the, the council, what they put in place over there at that time. I really grabbed onto it and I mean, I made the most of it now. I'm here, so it obviously worked out quite well for yeah, you. So yeah. how, how is your approach different? You had a different mindset than some, some others there? Or? Yeah, my approach is I, I, everything that I do, it's got to be good for myself. I was always told with like, because how I, how I started out in BMX, I was competing, I was doing a lot of things that were the normal roots of the bikes of, you're a young kid, you're following everybody else's path, you're unsure of what's going on. Obviously you told one thing at home, you told one thing at school, but then you're out on the streets and then it's like, oh, well, what's this? And you, you're really figuring out what is yeah. the route you got to take. So with doing that, I mean, I had good lessons with doing the bike riding, the skate park, spending time there doing tricks and stuff. And, and my mindset with the tricks was, I just had to do it. So obviously what I've, whatever I've got to go through to do that, if I've got to make the jumps bigger, I've got to go higher, I've got to pedal faster, I can't use the brakes, like anything with doing that, I was catching it like serious airtime or anything like that. So it was just, I really put the focus into doing that, and, and I think that's that's with honestly a, a lot of things is what I carry that into. It's just like it's training all, all or nothing sort of thing, you know. It's just yeah. like you're gonna get it done regardless. So you're in amazing shape. Um, I, I imagine you've had some injuries over the years, though. A lot. Like what? A lot what, of injuries. What's, what's the worst one? A lot of injuries, but even a lot of my friends have had a lot more injuries. BMX is it's a crazy sport, and these guys are literally out there putting their life on the line. Day in, day out. Yesterday I was in um, in Hastings. I was just telling you about that actually. Yeah. In Hastings, and literally through my Instagram story, you can literally just see crash after crash after crash after yes. crash. And the level of riding right now is absolutely insane. Yeah, all freestyle, mm -hmm. all freestyle, all freestyle BMX, and these guys are just doing the most insane stuff. But I've had broken, um, broken foot, feet, uh, yeah, foot, ankle, um, wrist, fingers, jaw, twice. Oof. Um, teeth, a bone in my neck, shoulder, collarbone. Yeah, I've had a couple. Okay. I've had a fair share of injuries. It's pretty much your entire skeleton. I know, but these other guys, like these other guys, the like the the, the riders, even the ones that yesterday, like they got some serious injuries that they go through in the sport. It's such a risky sport, but that's why I feel like the general public seeing it's just like oh no that looks a bit that's a bit too much you know what I mean it's yeah. definitely an extreme sport definitely an extreme sport absolutely definitely. so what brought you from Birmingham to uh, or was or to to London um, a big thing coming from Birmingham as I said there's no, there isn't a lot around there so but after traveling and stuff and I spent a lot of time a lot of time in the States when I was um, 15 I actually went out to Greenville North Carolina and um, that's the home of Dave Mirror um, Dave actually passed away. Um, that was a crazy situation. But Dave, um, Dave Miller is old school BMX legend. He's the guy who's got his own video games and everything. You know what I mean? So I spent a lot of time out in Greenville, North Carolina. He was your idol. Yeah, that was yeah. yeah. Everyone's idol. Like that's, yeah. that was the place to be. So when I was fifteen, I spent a lot of time out there, and it was called Proton. It was it was like Proton. It's a place to be. Like the parties, the the bikes there. Uh, 
the car, everything was just there, it was a place to be, so I've gone there and I've seen, like from traveling and stuff, I just needed to get out to Birmingham, so every time I would come back, I'm just like chasing that same kind of thing, and like right. I need to be there, I need to be there, and then London was a place where I felt like, realistically, it was untapped, it, it hadn't been, it, there's not another Ryan Taylor in London. So then that was that was the first reason to come in here. So I've come around and create content and I've worked with some incredible photographers. Yeah. And I worked alongside a guy named David Wallace Shoots. You have to check out his images, absolutely incredible. And um, basically me and David created a whole new path of urban lifestyle content with the bikes and with the general commuting side of London, like really creating that London that London vibe, but like integrating the bikes with that as well. So it was just again setting a new path and just going a new route with the whole thing and really just progressing in that as much as I could. So coming to London was that was, that was massive and it was just something that was so appealing to me being a capital, you know, it's like you wanna be here, you wanna make your status, you wanna you wanna be known. So you you obviously uh, got a very unique and distinctive uh, content. How did how did that come about? Did you sit down with Dave and and, and sort of figure out we're going to do this, that, and the other thing? And talk to me about so my other social handles to my YouTube channel is completely different. Of I mean I th I think if I would have put the same if I would have implemented the same stuff that I do on YouTube into like Instagram, Facebook, all the other ones, it would have they all would have grown together at the same time or grown way bigger. But with the YouTube videos, I always felt like. People are going to sit down with a cup of coffee. They're going to watch a video and they want to be locked in and they want to be engaged. So I was, it was a, it was a goal for me to just make it as entertaining as possible. So a lot of it was so ridiculous where like you couldn't turn the laptop off or or close your computer or turn your phone off. If anything, you're starting again to watch it again. It's like is this real? You know what I mean? And I, and I created that stuff to the point where people are commenting, is this fake? Is this really what's going on? You know what I mean? Right. So it was, it was insane content, one hundred percent. Um, I can confirm that I was uh, fairly uh, fairly addicted last night on the couch sort of surfing your videos. Oh, and man, <laughs> pretty I've entertaining. In, I've been in some mad situations. The stuff that I did in Egypt. I flew to Egypt. I flew to um, to Egypt for 24 hours. Did the pyramids and that whole situation. For 24 hours. Literally flew there in the morning. We did the whole day and flew back the next day. And just with one mission, we just to get the. I wanted to do a tail whip on top of the pyramids. What? Yeah. Yeah, it sounds, I know it sounds did you get permission time. to do that or did you just no go do it? You just, so you turned up at the uh, at the place. It's just an idea. It's just an idea. I think I've been. <laughs> it's another thing that obviously comes from like the, the bike stuff. It's like I've done so many things by just doing it and just going and like okay, if, if I get there and it doesn't work, then I'll, I'll either figure out a way to make it work or it'll just be done and it's a lot easier than I thought it was actually going to be in the first. These week. stones are big. How do, I mean, like they're, huge. They're, Six foot, huge, ten foot high. No, no, How did you get up the top? Climbing. So at first, okay, listen. With your bike. My bike was in a camel. <laughs> your, bike, your bike was on a camel. <laughs> my bike did two pieces in a camel, going into the pyramid entrance. <laughs> so we basically met this guy named Tommy. So if he's if he's ever gets told to watch his video, this would be quite funny. But yeah. Tommy is this guy, and he's like, listen, he's like, you want to go to the the guy who can give you a real like behind the scenes, like some different stuff. Tommy's an Egyptian guy, is he? Just an Egyptian guy. Some yeah. random guy that we met on our roundabout that was screaming at us to ride on the bike. Because we were there just crazy. <laughs> we knew what we wanted to do. We had the goal of obviously the pyramids, but realistically we were there. And it was either like, we're going to run in and just do it, or we're going to try a different route. When we got there, we had like a big 
culture shock and it was such a different place and it really took us away and I was just like, okay, I'm probably not gonna get this done. But organically, we were right insane. Yeah. Organically, we were riding around the city and I was getting shots and um, vermin and stuff. And then this guy was just screaming at us and we're like, yo, what? <laughs> what's he saying? What's, what's going on? No, we're just like, come on, man, I have holiday, holiday, trip, trip, trip. Like, just trying to get me to come to him. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's always trying to sell something. And he was, and then um, we just said to him, like, in a funny way, like, yeah, we want to go on, on the pyramids with a bike. He's like, okay, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> and funny enough, like, we almost actually made it happen. Like, we got all the way to the entrance. So, yeah, it's in your sort of video. It's like, it's uh, we're in the camel, we're going in and we're talking and this and that. And then we get there, we put the bike in, and it goes into one side and then the other side, in, the, in like these little pockets, and the, and the poor camel's carrying. Yeah. carrying the bike yeah. and then we get to the entrance and the officers are at the front they're just like this uh, can't go can't no. go no being next so then, yeah the bike was gone oh yeah oh dear and then i went in there and i climbed it anyway <laughs> i wanted to experience it <laughs> which so which one like the, uh, no so it, it's actually the the middle one so mm -hmm. the other one is um it's all broken down and stuff and yeah. you can't and you can't do that but it's um it's chaos right and then we're on the way did you go inside as well no yeah it's an amazing um, place right Incredible, absolutely amazing, but I'm so unsure of how it was all made, how it was yeah. all there, what goes on there, energies and all this stuff and like, I'm not one of those guys, you know what I mean, like, I'm, I understand there's obviously a lot of that side that goes on, but for what it's worth, I would rather not go inside and not be in any sort of yeah. thing, because I know there's people that really do worship those like, yeah, cruises. Yeah, it's pretty sacred. I just wanted to roll my mind. So it's incredible, you should, you should just show up to <laughs> these places and, and film it all and see what unfolds. So yeah, that's, that's why a lot of the videos were, so um, it was it was really, really a crazy time for me with, with the YouTube stuff and what I was doing and the videos I was crazy and I was just like, go, go, go. I knew that so many people just daily, right? Watch. Yeah, doing daily, daily vlogs, yeah. So you're yeah. still doing daily vlogs? I'm not, no way. That is literally the quickest way to kill yourself ever. Like it's, Oh, man. So talk, talk to us about, you know, what's it like being a YouTuber? What does a typical day... A daily upload is not sustainable. Anyone that's watching this, don't bother. Don't waste time, please. Uh, I'm weekly, so it's... it's yeah, you're doing a good job. It's incredible. But, yeah, the daily uploads, I mean, I grew rapidly. Um, over a million subscribers in, in less than a year. And, um, anyways, yeah, it was a great time for me where I was... Uh, I, I neglected so much other stuff I remember. So when I was doing the daily uploads, I wasn't really able to focus on collective bikes, yeah, um, the Certi Firm brand, and and all the other stuff that I was doing, and other brand deals I'm working on as well. So it was just like a video, 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 get it done. It's like film, edit, film, edit, film, edit. It was full on, very full on. And, and there was times when I was trying to get like ahead of myself with videos as well, yeah. And I'd have good weeks and I'd have really bad weeks and I'd have like really good weeks and it was easy and it's just like... What, what does a bad week look like? Uh, low of views a or...? No, a bad week. No, with, with views and stuff, like... I mean, that, that, was, that was pretty consistent for her. But even if I had a, a video that didn't do good, like, didn't get good views, I kind of knew why it was going to be in it because I was even tired and it was this and I was really working myself, like... It didn't get good views because of this. So then the next one, I would just like yeah. I would do craziest stuff every Imagine time. Imagine you just have to be on it the whole time, right? Yeah. And, and uh, even some days, you you must think oh, to I the point to the point where you fly to Egypt and climb pyramids. Right. Okay. To get, to get views, you know what I mean? <laughs> like no, it does. It, it it did get pretty crazy for sure. Um, so what do good views look like for Ryan Taylor? 
good views back then were like 300k average every upload. Amazing. And and that was good, and that was a really kind. I had a, like a good consistent time with that, but then I came off for so long. And then even now, like the videos that I put on, they got so much more meaning. They got so much more structure and plan behind them. And I just learned that the way I was doing it before wasn't sustainable. So I mean, I feel like every creator goes, and I've had a good, like amazing conversation with Casey Neistat as when I talked about this, and he said the same thing. Like daily videos are not. Yeah. like the way to be going it's the fastest way to grow and consistent and you can reach so many people by doing that but it's just like you're putting yourself through so much and i know people like logan paul and those guys out there in the states they got like a good solid team behind them and even for them doing daily videos it's it's still it's hard work right it's not, it, it, it is hard hard work because it's one thing getting the cameras and filming but then you've still got to be engaged with the people that are watching yeah. and still give them what they want because right. all they have to do is sit down and watch right they're just sitting there they're clicking the video and they're watching and they're chilling but obviously the creator that's doing it you've got to keep that yeah. beast going you've got to keep that feed the rolling. you've got if you've got to keep that you've got to keep that rolling you can't just get a camera yeah. and be tired throughout the whole video yeah absolutely even how i feel like i am today like this morning i would not do a vlog this morning i'd just be like ah oh, you know it's a day where i'll roll with this yeah it's a special exception you know? oh thank you that's a feel good reflection but it's but it's a thing where you've still got to give them what they want they're so used to clicking on watching and it's oh Ryan Taylor's wearing a video on yes Ryan Taylor yeah. oh yeah. this is not Ryan today yeah. so it's like oh I want yeah. someone else yeah 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 it's so quick like that you know but that's why I made the certi fan that's why I have the the whole clothing with these and that's the whole movement so let's talk about that so you've got collective bikes website I'll link it below website is collectivebikes.com yes and uh certi apparel tell me about those those two uh, companies so the CertiFam, the Certified Family, the movement is real, my people, my kids, my, quite frankly, everybody all over the world. I've been in the most look, random places where I would just not think to even be recognized by anybody or see anybody and these guys will come up to me just like, CertiFam, the movement is real, and just throwing up a gang song, but gang means and they never give up it's a whole different meaning of the, of the whole thing it's just like these are literally it's it's a cult that i have it's a symbol of and inclusion you're you yeah you're of part course of something they're a part of, of the whole movement that that i've created and it's just like we work together for one message whether it be bikes and knives down whether it be working together as a collective whether it just it just means like just do the right thing just do what you're doing and, and realistically whatever i'm representing in that time it's like they're following me, like they're, they're with me through, through the ride, you know, and, and my followers are so engaged, they're so locked in, and, and they really are, it's, no, it, it's incredible. Even the first time we met, we were just there, just talking, yeah. and some guy in a suit, like, so, you know what I mean? Like, that, that's what really gets me as well, it's when it's like the grown-ups as well, it's like they actually watch it because they're just like, oh, Yeah, he comes up, we're in cool. the Soho house, right, he comes it's up. Like, is the movement real? The movement's no? real, yeah. And, 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 and he just came up, and, and just like, yo. It's cool, it's still, even though I've had it hundreds and thousands of times, you know, like it never gets old. Never, never gets old, never. Yeah. Well, this is what I find quite unique about you, Ryan, is, you know, in many cases, YouTube's are, you know, it's an individual game, it's an individual stage, you've got an audience there. But you're different, you, uh, it's almost like the audience joins you, you know, they're part of the... Uh, they're part of the uh, the thing that you're, you're doing, and you bring many, uh, particularly young kids, along with you in a very sort of healthy uh, way. 
So you really stand out from that, uh, from that perspective. Respect. And the Sudi Apparel, uh, how's that going? It's just, it's pretty new still. Um, so it's like two, like two years old now, and I have been with the Delia Pearls. I didn't get time to focus on it the way that I wanted to. So obviously, it didn't grow the way I wanted to start, you know. But yeah, the support with the with the clothing has been incredible. Yeah, and it's well before it's just a brand that I created just for just for the guys, you know. But now I actually want to take it to the whole new level. Like I've yeah. I've seen everything in the background and I understand everything now and I took time to understand everything else that yeah. I'm working on. I'm not just there, just running and running and running without actually seeing what I'm doing on the, on the outside, you know. So seeing that now, and I'm, I'm definitely going to take that to the next level. I've got some big plans in place and, and taking it from now a merchandise level of like a, it was a print on demand yeah. service before and it's just like there, but now I'm actually going to go into like yeah, fashion stuff. So I mean, I've always been into fashion, and when I actually I had a brand when I was living in Birmingham, and I was I was actually sending out T-shirts from my mom and dad's front living room, and I, I had all this stock sitting there, and it was I spent all the money that I had in my bank account at that time. I spent all the money on this stuff, and literally no orders came in. I launched it, and I was hyped, and I was getting like thousand likes, thousand likes, and everything was going off, and I was just like, yeah, it's gonna go crazy. Put it online. And I was sitting there waiting for an order to come from. And I had all this stuff and I was like, wow, what did I do? Am I doing something wrong? And it just like... So what do you think went, uh, went wrong with that? No, I wasn't... I was confused. Social media confuses a lot of people. You can see you have this and you have that, but like you, 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 there's so much more stuff you need to do. Some of people can just press like on a photo, but that isn't always going to convert yep. to the consumer and they're not going to just buy stuff and just do this just because I like to pitch it, I mean they're going to buy it straight away. Right. The yeah. likes and the engagements and all that stuff really doesn't mean a lot of stuff. And unless you have a, a solid product and your viewers are engaged in the way where they genuinely want to support what you're doing stands for and they believe yeah. what you're doing, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't convert like that, you know what I mean? So then I, I had a big lesson of that when I, when I first started doing um, the content stuff. But even when I had when I, when I did this, the, the brand that I had before, I didn't have the YouTube following. I had an account, but I had no idea what to, what to put on there. I was putting like 20 second clips, yeah. 30 second clips, you know, random stuff. And I was just like, is this YouTube? And I was like, that's what it was. But if I actually did what I've been doing for the last couple of years now, back then when I started, when I had the account in 2011, I think it was. Yep. Um, PewDiePie level, 100%. Well, you seem to have got it, got it right now. I've just ordered my uh, Suti gear. I don't have it with me uh, today. I'm, uh, I'm uh, waiting for a great website, by the way. Great, great experience. Yeah. yeah, so check it out. Check it out on the link below. Collective bikes. So where did, what, what made you start a brand of uh, bikes? So the bikes, um, so when I was competing, um, when I was doing all the all the BMX industry stuff, and I was really in, in the core industry. I was competing. I was doing shows. I was I was on a typical BMX hustle. We can call it. Obviously, now it's now it's a lot more structured, and, and it's in a lot better, a lot a bigger, better place. Um, I was competing, and I was oh, I had BMX sponsors that were just paying me to ride the bike, and I was paid to promote a product, paid to promote this. It was just it wasn't ever my thing. So then. When I made the whole transition from being the com com um, competition side of things and, and the typical BMX industry part where I was in, I stepped away, I quit all of my sponsors, I had no income, I had 
no one supported me on that front other than my parents, you know. And it must have been scary. Yeah, it was. It was, but it was just like it, I just followed what I, what I believed. You know what I mean? And I, and I literally did that. Like I, I, I genuinely believed that they weren't the right fit for me. That wasn't where I wanted to go. I wanted to do this and I wanted to do that. So then that's when I, I really started doing YouTube stuff. And I Okay. Little um, I felt more commercial power, I felt more power in that cut than you had. Yeah, well, you know, we had a fire alarm test. Had to switch the camera. Just a couple, off, fire, just a couple of fire alarm tests. A couple of fire alarm tests. Fire alarms working well. <laughs> the gimbal then died. Uh, so the gimbal's back in. Back to working out. And, and here we are. <laughs> here we are again. Okay. Uh, the trials and tribulations of uh, learning, learning how to do YouTube. So, um, must have been a scary time. You had sponsors, you cut those ties, you set up your own company. No income, not probably knowing how to do this. How did that feel? Especially with having the previous issue with not having a successful brand as well. Like, any time I do anything that's a new company, a new brand, a new thing, starting out, I've still got that history where I know certain things didn't work before. I mean, obviously it's a completely different level now and everything thankfully is successful and I've got amazing support and I've got amazing people supporting what I do. But um, with Collective Bikes, it was, I stepped away from the BMX industry so far to the point where I had no core sponsors, I had no people from the BMX industry supporting me and the goal from that straight away was, was to work outside of the VMX industry to the people and the masses that are not seeing actually what's going on inside and then bring back in. Yeah. So I first started working with a company called Crapatech and they were the first ones to support me and I was doing a bunch of footlocker videos out in the States, I was on billboards in Times Square, wow. all sorts of stuff and then people are constantly saying, oh, well, what bike do you ride, what bike do you ride and at this point there was no branding, there was no logos anywhere so it was just like I just ride the plane. That plane bike, my bike's just black, it's just a black bike. So you'd become a, an influencer effectively. Yeah. Yeah. And then everyone's commenting questions, what bike is that, what bike is that? I just like, I need to do something about this. Yeah. You know what I mean? So then um, Collective was a massive turning point in that and it follows the same ethos as 30. It's like, it's it's the Collective, it's a, a group of people working together for the, for the same message, for the same cause, for the same reasons and just just together, you know, it's it's really about family and, and, and about keeping that name there and it's it's stamped, you know, and, and that's what it is. So we've collected now, created a massive thing and, and there's kids all over London and all over the world and even out in Lagos, Nigeria, I've got kids finding bikes in junkyards there, getting them, rebuilding them and doing stuff and changing parts and just Incredible. So it's a global, effectively it's global a, it's, it is. It's insane. Did that surprise you? Yes. <laughs> Every time there's new surprises, and it's it's, and what, it's honestly incredible. You've got a you've got a few models. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to talk us through the models? So I have a C1, which is the beginner BMX bike, and this is it's it's a cheap enough bike for the for the the mom and the dad to go buy the kids the bike and say, listen, you go ride the skate park, go to whatever you want to do. You can get into it. It's Try cheap it and affordable. Yep. Yeah. And then we have the RT1, which is the second BMX that we do, which is my creation, the RT1. Uh, we have the, the frame, the forks, the bar, so we have the whole aftermarket section of, of the BMX one. And then we have the complete bikes, which always sold as. I mean, it's, it's crazy that I 
honestly the support that we get on the brand is, is, is massive and so many kids are running bikes now. And you have specialist uh, wheelie bikes as well. Yes, and then we also got into the wheelie bikes as well. So we created uh, the C100, which is a mountain bike, but it's got like different like um, geometries and all this stuff. So it's, it's made for wheeling and that's a 29 inch bike. And then we also are working on the, well, the C100 Pro as well, which is now Pro Parts higher price and it's ready to go out of the box and like you don't need right. to make any upgrade no changes at all it's literally ready to go all the base components yeah. Really, yeah and then we're now working on a c2 which is my new product which is actually over there it's a it's a it's a sample that i came on we today. can't show it though can we not yet it, it, ain't, it ain't ready man i still i'm still that's the thing i'm still got i've still got so much creative it's control a good teaser, i can't just yes. indeed but I can't just put anything out there. There's a lot of yeah. people that are like, oh, look at this, look at this. I can't. Yeah. Until it's at that place. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, working on that now. But the brand's still, like, it's not even two years old yet. So, really been pushing that. It's, we've had a massive growth for that so far. And it's the movement that we're creating with that as well. Is what is this? The, the wheelie thing. And we, uh, I want to talk about Bikes Up, Knives Down as well, this uh, anti-knife crime uh, <laughs> campaign that you do. But uh, I remember I was in uh, close to the Shard a few months ago, and just these kids started coming past with these bikes. Wheelie. What, what is it with wheelies? Tell me, what is this movement? When you picked up a bike in the 80s, you know what you're telling me? Yeah. What, what, what did you do? You're giving away secrets. 80s. <laughs> 80s, yeah. Uh, well, I did wheelies. I, I grabbed a, an old door, I put it up on blocks, and started doing jumps, and um, didn't manage to break anything, but came pretty close. But yeah, wheelies are, you know, the satisfaction of having one wheel in the air and being able to balance just on one wheel. Wheelies, well. skids, like all yeah. that stuff, it's, it's, it's a normal thing. Yeah. But now these kids are, they're jumping on a bike and they're seeing that there's actually people that are creating tricks with the wheelies. Right. So they're showing the swerves, swerving, combos, yeah. steps, all this frame, like, the kids are like mashing work is what they're saying. Yeah. So these kids are doing crazy stuff. It's like it's it's seen now that you can actually yeah, these kids are jumping on bikes. It's not just about doing a wheelie, it's not just this. So obviously like same with me, jumps on a bike, it's oh, how far can you wheelie? Can you wheelie there? Can you wheelie there? It was about just jumping on doing a wheelie. But now like with like good friends like like Jake, Jake one hundred, someone that I created the C one hundred with. Yeah. And Jake helped design everything and go into the whole thing. So that's his signature model. And you connected when um, you were in London, he was working a bike shop, yes. I think. Yeah. So Jake used to work in a bike shop and he was well he was he was a fan of mine, funnily enough. And um, we just connected organically through social media and as soon as I met him I was like, This kid's incredible man and yeah. what he's doing is is really it was yeah, insane. And now he's got a signature bike. And now he's got a signature bike collector. But it's like we we even spoke about this at the start. It's just like I, um, I wasn't quite sure what it was we were gonna do, but I knew we were gonna do something. Yeah. And we still we still go back to that same conversation. Now we still speak about it. It's like that's what we actually like, we planned this. You know what I mean? Everything that's coming into motion now, we planned this before, but we didn't even know how it was gonna come around and how it's gonna happen. And it's just been insane because of. There's, there's Jake and there's little Harry and, and little Harry's got a massive following on YouTube and, and he's doing really well on social media and these kids are just creating a whole new industry for themselves and, and the way that I see the wheelie scene and the bike life scene is when I first started BMX and I would go to the skate park after the whole madness that I had but afterwards I go to the skate park and it's always busy kids are on bikes and it's just it just it's easy enough for them to get onto yeah and they're a part of something it's just they want to be a part of something so yeah 
with the wheelies now, the kids are literally seeing a whole, a whole new thing that they can just get onto. And it's like, oh, maybe I'm gonna get sponsored, or maybe I wanna be a part of this, or I make a new video and get views of this. You know what I mean? So like, it's growing rapidly. It's, it's growing, growing rapidly. And you've really harnessed that energy with bikes up, knives down. Talk to me about that campaign. Yeah. So bikes up, knives down has been around. It's been an, an incredible fight for such a terrible cause. You know, so. It's been around and these, these kids have been doing stuff and there's people that say nice down bikes up or bikes up nice down, whatever it says, whether there's knives belong in the kitchen, anything that towards knife crime, it's not about anyone having ownership of whatever it's like, it's there to cause and no individual will fix it by themselves. It's been around for years, it's always been a thing with older people, but the scary thing about it is, is now coming to when I'm taking knives off 10 year old kids on, on the other stage, you know what I mean? It's like it's that's really when you get it like and the kids are getting access to these things yeah. um i'm a father myself and my son is is over there in the states and whatever so he's not going to be a part of the whole thing what's going on in london and in the uk i feel like it's very 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 big over here you know what i mean so it's just nuts it's scary the kids are getting involved in it and it's not something that I wanted to keep quiet. I wanted to, if I, if I know about it, it's something that I'm open and, and I'm happy to, to push that message out to my people. I've got such a big following on yeah. on social media, you know, so with me pushing that message out there, people believe what I say, they know what I'm saying is true, and I'm going to put it in its rawest form and, and I'm going to tell you exactly how it is. And actually, maybe not exactly how it is because sometimes it's. It is. It's crazy. Well, that's being an influencer and a real sort of leadership capacity. You've done a couple of really interesting things with uh, bikes up, knives down. I think there was a hundred mile ride, something like that. That was stress. That was hundred miles, man. That was, uh, imagine, imagine, imagine the first plan. No, the first plan was to do it on the BMX, but yeah. they didn't let me do it on the BMX. So like, I wanted to start on the whole thing. I received letters. We got warnings. They were threatening to take out the whole charity that I was doing it with. They were saying like, if you do it on this or you do it on that and you go against our terms, they're gonna do certain things to take us out of this whole thing. And yeah, I couldn't start on the BMX, but I made sure that I ended on the BMX. I made sure that I did something. So I finished the last like 20, just under 20 miles. I finished the last 20 miles on the BMX, but I'm glad that I didn't start on the BMX. That, there's no way, there's no way. <laughs> So what's next on the uh, Bikes Up Knives Down? So I just had a massive success at the, at the Notting Hill Carnival. We had a truck on the route. <laughs> I saw the video. And this is the first time in I think 40 something years since Carnival's been going. And it's like 6 million people over a weekend of yeah. raw people there, actual people. Not, not liking, not clicking, not swiping. Physically there. Physically there, real people. Yeah. So they're engaged, but yeah. it's there, the scene. Um, I went to Carnival my first time four years ago, and since then I wanted to go back and do something that was actually bigger, you know. So by having having my own truck on the route, it was it was a massive. It's a big step. truck, right? It was a, you had a massive trailer on that, and, and a half pipe. No, I had a, just a quarter, quarter pipe, pipe, quarter, quarter pipe. pipe, and it was super sketchy. And you were going along and. Yeah, doing tricks. I was doing the whole thing, and there was <coughs> no feet in the air. There's no real plan of how I can get speed for this. We have no real plan. It was done the right side of the way for sure. <laughs> and next year, I'm definitely gonna make sure that it's not the right side of the way. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm putting the infrastructure in place. I'm making sure that it's done months before. 
Um, but yeah, it was. These are the things that I like learning that way. You know, I like doing it that way because then when I come back, I, I'll never give up. If I've done something that way and it's been a disaster, I'll make sure that I come back and I've made up for that time when I did that. You know what I mean? So yeah, it was it was a it was a crazy time. Carnival was insane, massive success. That we had the 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 least. Um, well, there was no stabbings actually at Carnival that was reported. There was um, the least weapons confiscated. There was the least arrests of violence and all this stuff. So this year in, in the history of Carnival was massive. And it was the first time that anyone's ever done a anti-knockdown. Well, you've been a, a massive influence. It's a good, a good place to end. Uh, what a role model yeah, you are. Thank you. Unique content and uh, a great social cause. 30. 30 fam, yeah. is that that? Yeah, all day, every day. All day, every day. <laughs> Thanks. Respect, my brother. Thanks.